0: At the Canaan Church, our mission is bringing people to Christ and helping every person to become a mature disciple in Christ. Canaan Christian Church, where people dare to dream. Father God, we bless your name. We give you glory, honor, and praise. And I thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for fresh anointing, for fresh oil, for fresh fire. I know, God, that there are no limitations with you. You can do anything but fail. You're still the God of miracles and signs and wonders. So we say yes to your will and yes to your way. Bless God today what you <laughs> what you showed me last night and what you showed me <laughs> early. In the morning hours, manifest now, manifest now, heal, deliver, change, strengthen, our hearts are open our minds are clear our spirits are still we are ready to receive God what you and you alone (laughs) can impart So we're going to thank you in advance for what we're about to receive both those in the sanctuary those who are joining us virtually I worship you I glorify you I magnify you, I exalt your name, in Jesus name, I pray, amen. The message today and the ministry of healing and deliverance are connected. They're connected. I've been praying just about all night long and this morning. Then I do not feel tired. And so. I want you to hear God in his word at the end of the service the time of ministering is related to the word that God is delivering today somebody is going to be healed Somebody's going to be Delivered, somebody's going to be set free. Shackles are going to come off somebody. Chains are going to be broken. I'm doing this series, it's a wonderful series entitled Welcome to the Next Level. Today, Particularly, I'm teaching from this idea, if you want to live, fight for it. <laughs> if you want to live, fight for it. Turn with me in your Bibles to Second Corinthians chapter 10, and I want to read verses 3 through 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 6. The word of God reads like this. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to remind some and inform others that the devil wants to take your mind. He wants to get in your head because he knows that if he can get in your head He can control your life. Jesus said that the devil is the father of lies. Jesus said that the enemy comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. And Peter said that the devil goes to and fro like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The enemy wants to put thoughts of negativity, depression, anxiety, fear, worry, loneliness, low self-esteem, insecurity, hopelessness, helplessness, and quitting in our head. Who, or let me put it like this, do your thoughts control you or do you control your thoughts? Who controls your mind and who controls your thoughts? Who determines what you think and what you meditate upon? Who is in charge of you? Beloved, strongholds are a mindset where the enemy seeks to take control of your life. And a stronghold starts with just a thought. And if we continuously give ourselves to patterns of thoughts, We'll find ourselves in bondage to the demonic. Are you powerless to overcome and control your emotions? Are you moody and critical of others? Do you feel over? and you don't know what to do first or next? Do you feel oppressed or depressed and you don't know why or where it came from? Do you experience chronic fear and worry? Do you find yourself consistently ruining the atmosphere? Do your children hate to be around you? God did not make you that way. And you don't have to stay that way. God says, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. And Jesus says, if you continue in my word, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. We have the capability and the capacity to overcome and defeat the enemy. For when Jesus Christ died on the cross, not only did he make it possible that we could be forgiven of our sins and reconciled in our relationship with God, but he also positioned us that we could live a victorious life in Christ. Freedom from fear, negative thoughts, depression, worry, anxiety is God's desire, His design, and His gift to us as the people of God. You have the capability to change your mind and more than that to change your life and you can do it through Christ and it doesn't matter how long you have been behaving believing or thinking in a certain way you can change who you are You can become the man, the woman that God always meant for you to be. You can become the person that no one else ever thought you could become. And you can do it in the power of Christ. Think about these scriptures, beloved. Jeremiah says that God declares For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. In the epistle of John, we are told that we can overcome because greater is he who's within us than he that's within the world. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says to the church at Corinth, he says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. In Luke's gospel, 70 disciples Jesus had sent out, and when they returned, they came back with great joy and excitement, telling Jesus that even the demons are subject to us in your name. And listen how Jesus responded to their excitement. Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall be by any means able to hurt you. Listen to what the psalmist says to us in Psalm 18, beginning with verse 1. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised so shall I be saved from my enemies. Am I talking to anybody here today who has ever prayed and God heard you cry? Am I talking to somebody that already knows that he's a deliverer? that you serve a God who has kept you in dangers seen and dangers unseen. The God who made a way when there looked like there was no way. Come on, give him some praise if I'm on your street. Prayer is not a program It's a discipline. So when I invite you, when I encourage you to join me on Saturday for prayer, at least one Saturday out of the month at 4.30, praying 30 minutes before the 5 o'clock prayer, when I encourage you to join me in the prayer conference call on Wednesday at noon and Saturday evening, it is not a ritualism that we are performing, but we are talking to a true and a living God. Not only do we talk to him, but he talks to us. Don't you let anybody fool you, he's real. He's real. The Christian faith is not shallow. The Christian faith is a faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the crucified, resurrected, ascended Christ, who now sits at the right hand of the Father, and he ministers to us as our great high priest, And he bids us to come to the throne of grace with boldness and confidence that we might receive mercy and grace in a time of need. And when we pray, we pray by faith. And the bride of Hebrews says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. He says that without faith, it is impossible to please God because he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The more you talk to God, the more sensitive you become to the voice of God. The more you pray, the less you panic. The more you pray, the more you praise. And I'm telling somebody that God still answers prayer. And He's so real <clears throat> that sometimes your conversation with him is not started by you he starts it there's some prayers that you're involved in is not because you got on your knees and started praying or you sat in a chair and started praying but the spirit of God the Holy Spirit will woo you he'll come and get you last night he he put his arms around me while I was trying to go to sleep And he said, let's talk. And when you deliver this word tomorrow, I want to show you something. So I laid there with my eyes open. What did you do, Pastor? I entered into a place of worship. It was not a time for me to talk it was a time for me to listen so I said to him I glorify your name I magnify your name I exalt your name I said to him do me like Moses show me your glory speak Jesus your servant His." He reminded me, I still heal, I still deliver, I still make a way. Walter, what kind of confidence do you have in my power? What are you willing to believe me for? There are times when the prayer is not you called him, but he called you. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 13, this is one of the most powerful verses of scripture that you can read. Remember And let it settle in your heart. Listen to what Paul says to the Colossians about Jesus. He says, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins. Could I see the hands of the persons who would say that they are Christians today? Let me ask it again. I'm not asking to see the hands of people who are churchy. Could I see the hands of people who would say, Pastor, I am a Christian. Let me see your hands. Because if you raise your hand, you need to understand what God has done for you. He has transferred you from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the love of his son and has forgiven you and covered you with the blood of Jesus. Look at somebody, tell them I'm covered with the blood. That's shouting information. Now why, pastor, is this important? It's important because the devil wants you to think with your saved self that you're still in the same predicament that you were before you got saved. Are you listening to me? It's a mind game. He wants you to think that since you confessed your hope in Christ, ain't nothing happened. So he puts thoughts in your mind cause he wants to control the way you think, control the way you feel, and control the way you behave. But you got to tell the devil you're a lie. I may not be all that I ought to be, but I'm not what I used to be. And I'm a new person in Christ. One of the acronyms for fear is false evidence appearing real. One of the acronyms for fear is false evidence appearing real. Now I'm still a preacher who believes the Bible. I'm still a preacher who believes teaching from Holy Scripture. Can I show you three verses in one book in the Bible that'll make you wanna holler and throw up both your hands. Because God wants you to know that you don't have to keep living with a mindset characterized by negative thoughts, depression, anxiety, fear, worry, loneliness, Low self esteem, insecurity, hopelessness, helplessness, and quitting. God didn't make you that way, and you don't have to stay that way. Come on, look at somebody. Say, I'm coming out today. Turn to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 3. Deuteronomy, chapter 3, verse 22. The book of Deuteronomy is a book that speaks to us about the preparation of Israel going into the land of Canaan, the land of promise. God has delivered Israel from bondage in Egypt. He's taken them through the wilderness to a land called Canaan, which is the place of promise. And he's preparing them for what they are about to receive. When God gives you a promise, you still have to possess it. When God purposes to give you a blessing, you still got to take it. Because the enemy would want to make you think you can't receive what God has already ordained for you. So listen to what God said to Israel. He'd already given them a victory over one of their enemies and now he's preparing them for the land of Canaan but he wants them to know when you cross the Jordan, it's yours but you're going to have to fight for it. If you want to live, fight for it. Verse 22 says, You must not fear them for the Lord your God himself fights For you. Do y'all see that? Come on, look at somebody. Say, God's fighting for you. Stay in that same book of Deuteronomy. Turn to chapter 20. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 20. Let's start reading with verse 3. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 3. And he shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you are on the verge of battle. With your enemies. Do not let your heart faint, do not be afraid, and do not tremble or be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is He who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Look at the person beside us. Tell them "I'll tell you again. God's fighting for you." (laughs) One more time. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter thirty-one. Deuteronomy chapter thirty-one, verse six. Deuteronomy thirty-one, verse six. Be strong and of a good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. How many times did he tell us this in one book? He told us three times. I'm gonna fight for you, I'm going to protect you, I'm gonna be with you, I'll never leave you. If God tells you something three times, you need to start listening. And the Bible says a three-chord rope is hard to break. Come on, let's make an announcement today. Devil, you ain't got no victory over me. I belong to the true and the living God. And so in our text, Paul reminds us that we we fight We go to war, we battle, but not according to the flesh because our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God. To pull down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You can't stop, you can't stop the devil from attacking you. You can't stop him from trying to bombard your mind with unclean thoughts, destructive thoughts. You can't stop him from coming against you. But listen very carefully. Just because he tries to fill your mind with destructive thoughts, that don't mean you have to receive them. Because when Paul says, we don't fight, it's not carnal, but it's spiritual. He's referring again now to Ephesians. You got to put on the whole armor. And part of the armor is the shield of faith, which then protects you from the fiery darts of the enemy. Those fiery darts are those thoughts that he wants to try to put in your mind. But if you hold up that shield of faith, you quench them. No, 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 devil, I ain't going to be afraid because God didn't give me the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. No, devil, I ain't worrying. Because God will keep them in perfect peace Whose mind is stayed on him No devil I ain't going to entertain no negative thoughts I'm not going to be depressed I ain't going to have anxiety I ain't having no panic attack I ain't hating nobody I'm not letting anything that is not of God in my mind Because the Bible says Don't be conformed to this world But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. And then part of that spiritual armor is this book. The Bible. And that's why you gotta come to Bible study. That's why you got to be a part of the Connection Group Bible study because you got to get this in your heart. That's why I'm teaching on Sunday morning because I'm I'm determined and I'm committed to get truth in the hearts and the minds of God's people because Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Come on, y'all study the Bible. Didn't the devil come against Jesus in the wilderness? Didn't Jesus defeat him? Now, how did Jesus defeat him? He put the word on him. And if you want to defeat him, that's what you got to be able to do. You got to fight him with the word. If you want to live, fight for it. I said, if you want to live, fight for it. I said, if you want to live, fight for it. I said, if you want to live, fight for it. So the way I'm gonna wrap up this lesson today, I'm gonna give you two case studies. One case study is for the sisters, and the other case study Is for the men Sisters In Luke chapter 13 There's a woman Who has suffered With an infirmity For 18 years Every sister shout That's a long time time. The infirmity That she suffered with For 18 years Look at me sister It had her bent over. She couldn't straighten up. She didn't have the strength. She didn't have the ability to straighten up on her own. For 18 years, she's bent over. She's always looking down at the ground. She can't look up. Look at the disposition that she's in. Look at her agony. Look at her humiliation. Look at her shame. Look at her struggle. Consider her suffering. Oh, I know you say, Pastor, I ain't physically bent over. Maybe you're not physically. But how many sisters are living Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, you've been over. You're always looking at life from the bottom up instead of looking at life from the top down. You've been over, so you don't feel good about yourself. You've been over, so you have insecurities. You've been over, so you let men misuse you. You've been over. Because you feel like you got to be in a certain club, a certain group to feel good about yourself. You've been over, so you let other folk put limitations on you that God didn't give you. You've been over, so you buy into sexism and classism. But she met Jesus. And Jesus told a woman who had been been over with infirmities for 18 years, he looks at her and he talks to her. What did he say to her, Pastor? Jesus told this woman, woman, thou art loosed. And then he laid his hands on her and the Bible says, and immediately she straightened up. Oh, God's got so much power. That if he lays his hands on you, it don't take all day for the miracle to take place. He can straighten you up. I came to serve notice on every woman of God that's listening today. God told me to tell you, woman, you are loose. And the Bible says when Jesus laid his hands on her and she was healed, the Bible says she glorified the Lord. That means she worshiped him. That means she praised him. It just looks like to me that if I got a sister in here today who's listening to God, who's receiving God, and God is telling you this morning that you are loose, that your orders now straighten up in your mind, straighten up in your spirit straighten up in your emotions look like to me that there are sisters in here who ought to start blessing God glorifying God praising God shouting to God come on sister give them glory He says you are free. Well, how did so- Sojourner Truth put it, Joe? Sojourner Truth said, Ain't I a woman? Case study number two. Case study number two. Brothers. There's a man, he's a maniac, and he lives in the region of the Gadareans. He's out of his ever-living mind. How do you know he's out of his mind, Pastor? Because he's living in the cemetery. You know you're out of your mind when you stay in the wrong place. When the context where you live is so chaotic and out of order. Pastor, I ain't been living at Rest Haven. <laughs> I ain't been living at Greenwood. I ain't living past in the cemetery. But you keep hanging out with the dead. God didn't create you to hang out with the dead. You ain't In the cemetery, but you keep fellowshipping with demons, with unclean spirits. And that's why you ain't thinking right. You can have a PhD and be out of your mind. The people in the city wrote him off. They put chains on him to try to bind him, to keep him there. We live in a society that ain't focused on your deliverance. The people who keep talking about pro life. Roe versus Wade, and they've overturned it. And the folk keep talking about, I think abortion is so bad. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't encourage no woman to get an abortion. I wouldn't. But I'm pro-choice and pro-life. Because God gave us choice. And the government and anybody else got the right to take it. And the people who say they pro-life, they ain't really pro-life. You wanna let the baby be born, and then you wanna kill him after he gets here. If you were pro-life, you'd be for quality education. If you were pro-life, you would be for economic education. Equity and economic empowerment. If you were pro-life you would be in favor of health care for everybody. If you were pro-life you would want gun control. That's why we got all these black men in prison because if you were pro-life you would be for prison reform. Black men they don't care about you. We live in a country where the system is designed to keep you bound And what is America afraid of? They're afraid of today what they've always been afraid of. What's that pastor, a black man that can think? These brothers running around with guns, talking about what they'll do and who they're shooting, who they kill, they ain't scared of you. Never have been. But they were afraid of a Malcolm X. And they were afraid of a Martin Luther King Jr. And they were afraid of a Thurgood Marshall. And they were afraid of an A. Philip Randolph. And they were afraid of a Frederick Douglass. Why? Because they were black men who could think. But Jesus shows up. And he's willing to do what nobody else wanted to do. What did he want to do, pastor? He wanted to set him free. So the first thing Jesus is going to ask you, brother, is what's your name? He ain't asking you your name because he don't know it. He's asking your name because he wants you to do some introspective looking. He's asking your name because he wants you to look at yourself. Because you if you're going to get delivered, you got to quit lying to yourself. Brother, you can't get delivered if you keep telling yourself you're all right. That man said to Jesus, well, my name is Legion. He said to Jesus, I really don't know my name. Cause there's so many demons in me there's so many of me in me I don't know which one of me is me but when he confessed the truth Jesus says now I'm going to set you free because Jesus knew that the man's real problem was what was in him And God never confuses you with unclean spirits. But to get the demon out of you, he's got to get you to the place where you acknowledge the the position that you're in. Not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Where are you, brother, in relationship to God? Jesus delivered the man come on brother look at somebody and say Jesus delivered the man brother if he could deliver that man he can deliver you the, the people the people the, the brother was so out of his mind folk were afraid of him but after he talked with Jesus come on grandmama had it right she says just A little talk with Jesus makes everything all right. I wish I had a brother that wants to have a conversation with Jesus. Where you at, brother? Pastor, I want to talk to Jesus. Come on, have I got a brother that wants to talk to him? If I got a man that wants to talk to Jesus, stand on your feet. I'm almost finished. Where is the brother that says, I want to talk with Jesus? Don't stand if you don't want to talk, but if you want to talk to him, stand on your feet. Because listen, brother, after Jesus got through talking to this. This man, when the folk in the city saw him, the next time, listen to the scriptures. The man was sitting down. He was clothed. He wasn't naked no more. And he was in his right mind. If God did it for him, he'll do it for you. I came today to serve notice and to make a declaration in this house. Brother, brother. God says he's setting you free. Brother, God says he's restoring you. Brother, God says he's putting you in your right mind. What's gonna be your response? You ought to have the spirit of David on you now. The spirit of David is where you praise God like you ain't gonna get another chance. The spirit of David is where you give God a crazy praise, is where you give God that undignified praise can you give him some praise brother come on David give him a holler come on David give him the fruit of your lips come on David open up your mouth brother and give God some glory If you want to live, fight for it. It's a choice that you make, brother. God says, I set before you life and death. Choose. You shall live and not die. You are the head and not the tail. You are a builder and not a beggar. When you live at the next level, you take Jesus serious. The thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Brother, you can be seated. Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you for setting us free. Every woman can declare, I'm loose. I ain't living bent over no more. Every brother can proclaim, I'm not going to live out of my mind. And I'm gonna let God set me free. I'm not gonna let the culture keep me bound. I'm gonna be who God says I can be. So I thank you, God, for the power of your word. Negative thinking, anxiety, depression, fear, worry, loneliness, low self-esteem, insecurity, hopelessness, helplessness, and quitting will no longer occupy our minds, but we will live in the strength of our Christ. For the joy of the Lord is my strength. And Jesus, you promised to give me a peace that passeth all understanding thank you now for what you have said to us in your word and thank you for what we are gonna receive in a minute through prayer and deliverance in Jesus name Amen the people represent the church no matter where we are so stay connected and reach others as we grow in